The winner is. 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 And the winner is. What's the like of seeing your luggage? Sometimes. That means sometimes. There can be a hundred people in a room. Maybe there is right now. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't know her. She always has these long lists of like diva demands. Cheetos and Doritos. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Hello, divas, divos, and divs. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Diva Dailies. This is a podcast where we deconstruct divas on film, TV, and in music. I am one of two hosts. My name is Steffi. Before we bring on the other co-host of this amazing podcast, let's go through some housekeeping. So if you want to follow the pod, you can follow us on Instagram at Diva Dailies Pod. We've been making some reels on there. Exciting. But you can always email us divadailiespod at gmail.com if you want to reach us in that way as well. And if you've been listening to the podcast, enjoying these episodes, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you know how we had that goal at the end of the year that was like 50 ratings on iTunes. And I think, what was it? Um, It was 10 reviews on Apple Pod. And then for Spotify, I believe it was 35 star reviews. Yes. Well... We've hit the 35-star reviews on Spotify. Yes. We have more than 10 reviews on iTunes. Yes. And at the time of recording this, we have 49 ratings on iTunes. So we just need one more to hit our goal. So you guys... Let's get it in. I've been personally trying to cheat the system and been rating the podcast five stars. I don't think it's counting towards anything, so we need your help. (laughs) (laughs) I try to cheat. Please give the podcast a five star review on Apple Pod. Yeah. And an actual written review would be nice as well. Yeah. Well, if you've been wondering who is this other voice that's responding, I guess it's time to introduce Miss Jamaican Horns. It's Angie. Hello, everybody. Hello, Angie. Yeah. Angie, this is the last like real time intro you were doing for the podcast because someone is going to Costa Rica. Uh, Yes, I'm out of here. I'm out here. Okay, I've been waiting for this day literally since summer to go traveling. And it was going to be Japan. And then that kind of sank and... For a moment, we were supposed to go to Bali or Switzerland, and Switzerland, the food looked horrible, and Bali was just really far. So Mm. Costa Rica was our choice that we landed on. Boom. Um, So I'm really excited about that. You guys wish Angie well. When are you leaving again? You said a couple days after Thanksgiving? Literally two days after Thanksgiving. Oh and my then I'll God. be gone until Christmas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, say bye-bye to Angie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you, you'll you still be able to listen to me on the episodes, <laughs> but just not on the intros. Yeah, not on the intros. <laughs> it's a one-woman show for the intros. Can you imagine? They're like, we're not. No. They're like, <laughs> no. <I'm> just, no. <laughs> it's like, I see all the reviews, like, start changing <laughs> reviews being taken down. <laughs> Well, um, you guys, we are back to finish up Spice Girls Spice World. Yes. Which has taken longer than normal, not just because it took us, you know, three separate episodes to cover them, but because it's taken them longer to put out. Mm. I've just been really all over the place because I was in one part of the Philippines and then I traveled to another part. And, you know, I feel like whenever I travel, it's hard for me to like, okay, sit down and like yeah. do the thing. It's much easier when I'm like Absolutely. in a constant yeah. place. And um, also these episodes were just, they were... They're beasts. Mama Jumbo <laughs> episodes. Angie, we have some listener feedback we have to get into. Let's get into it. Hit it, Janet. <laughs> Teddy from, you know, our email, our, our, she's like literally, or he or however they identify, they're literally the only person that pretty much emails us, but emailed us a couple days ago being like, oh, it's okay, like you don't have to like read my email that I sent last week. And I was like, oh, we actually did read your email, but I just had to cut it for time. So Teddy, we're gonna play that part right now. Okay, and then we have an email. Let's get into it. It's an email from Teddy A. And Teddy A said, Hello all. I've been loving the podcast. Keep up the good work. When I found out about the T-Swift Janet shout out, I was immediately surprised. No shade, but T-Swift's brand is miles away from Janet. Not to say she shouldn't know the icon Janet Jackson, but dot dot dot. It's surprising. I want to thank the best of T-Swift, but this shout out made me think she might be trying to clean up her image in regard to ethnic acts. Currently, she's being sued for plagiarizing lyrics from urban girl group 3LW, Play is Gonna Play. Apparently, the 3LW writers are arguing that Taylor copied their lyrics in her song, Shake It Off. Swift says, Play is gonna play, 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 and haters gonna hate, 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 which the 3LW writers think it's too similar to their play is gonna play and haters are gonna hate. Anyways, things got controversial when Swift defended herself saying she couldn't have stolen the lyrics and she never knew about 3LW, and that the lyrics she used in Shake It Off was common phrases from her childhood. This caused a little stir on Black Twitter because 3LW was a more significant act in urban spaces where their song play is gonna play is popular. This spawned conversations about race and how the music industry was more segregated in the early 2000s. Anyways, when Taylor Swift mentioned Janet's All For You, I was surprised she knew that song, but not 3LW's Play Is Gonna Play. IDK, maybe I'm reaching. Points were made. I can, I can see that points were made. Jeez, that's, that's a big conversation to have, especially about the early 2000s R&B, my favorite era of R&B and pop. Um, <laughs> don't hate. I'm shaking my <laughs> don't head. Hate. I mean, we get Janet I disagree. all for you era. I mean, what? What? But I will say, though, for me personally, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Taylor Swift would know Janet's all for you versus yeah, yeah, yeah. 3LW. Yeah, because Janet was like Janet's Janet Jackson yes. at this point, right? Yes. And like that album was so it was huge big because like for me, I remember all for you because that was my first Janet yeah. album. And I remember the first time I was really hearing that was in the dance studio. That's true. And the dance teacher that brought that into the dance studio, she was white. 
and like i went to a predominantly white dance studio like yeah. my first dance studio was like that so i don't know i just feel like janet's dominance with all for you was just so massive yeah. at that point it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for me that taylor swift random white girl at this point in where's she from tennessee right yeah, yeah. in tennessee would know or hear janet jackson's all for you does that make sense yes i i definitely feel like she absolutely one million percent heard all for you especially because all for you was on every radio station yeah it was everywhere I'm a ghost at the party, look at that body, shaking that she thing goes. like I never did say. <laughs> One episode, Steffi, without you saying. I'm a ghost at the party, look at that body, shaking that thing like I never did say. Got a nice package, all right, cause I'm gonna have to ride it tonight. I'm a ghost at the party, look at that body, shaking that thing like I never did say. Got a nice package, all right. Edit. Four, three, two, one. But I feel like she should have heard 3LW too. Hmm. Why? Because two members of 3LW were then in Cheetah Girls. Cheetah Girls was fucking huge. Do you know, honestly, I didn't even know that they were part of another girl group. For real? Yeah, I did not know that they were part of an actual girl group. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> these are girls just in this Disney movie Man. and they're forming a fake girl group <laughs> called the Cheetah Girls. They were definitely a 3LW <laughs> and that song, Play Us, They Gonna Play, it was super, 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 super big. Play us, they gonna play and hate us, they gonna Yeah, it definitely changed pop culture lingo at that time. Yeah. Maybe it was just a black thing, but I felt like everybody was saying that term. Play is they gonna play. Hate is they gonna hate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I could definitely see Taylor Swift listening to Janet in the early 2000s. And I could definitely see Taylor Swift knowing 3LW because the Cheetah Girls were so big. What if maybe Taylor knew the song, but she didn't really know, like... 3LW. Well, then... I don't know. Well, then she needs to get up on 3LW. For sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Taylor, do you know? I don't want to be like Cinderella sitting in hey, the crusty I mean, cellar If you grew up in the 2000s, you knew the Cheetah Girls. Free. Period. Listen, when the dog got lost in the sewer, a moment of tension. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. And then Teddy says, P.S. Was there a Latin sound popular during the Y2K era? Because Spice Up Your Life has a similar... Latin sound to Backstreet Boys, The Call. And I was thinking, I definitely feel like yes. there was like a, a Latin Absolutely. takeover that was starting yes. to happen because even if you listen to Mariah's My All, yeah. that has like a little Latin flavor. Absolutely. And we also name dropped like Tony Braxton was playing with some Latin influences, Celine Dion. Yeah. And I think it's it's largely because there were actual artists of Latin descent mm -hmm. that were becoming even more mainstream at the time because like selena was getting up there but then you know she died yeah but you also have to remember too like enrique iglesias oh, starts yeah. to pop off ricky martin. shakira ricky martin yeah oh ricky martin was like so huge, popular during huge, that time huge, huge but there was like a bunch of like 
Spanish influence songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hitting the charts big. And you even like look at the mainstream American artists too. Like oh, they yeah. were collaborating with Latin artists. Like that's when you get like Rob Thomas with Carlos Santana. Absolutely. And then even like Enrique Iglesias with Whitney Houston. And then there was like a resurgence of like Gloria Estefan. And right. Like, yeah. There was like a, a huge wave happening for sure. So I definitely think that was of the time. Teddy. But thanks for your email so teddy apologies that we didn't include it in last week's episode that was just a time thing but now we have some other listener feedback let's do it okay so on twitter nikita ray tweeted us hey and said listened a couple nights ago i myself am not big on the spice girls music at all so i wasn't listening to the full album but i still like listening to the air episodes scary always stands out to me in any video i watch as she should queen queen mother over there and also melby is loud as fuck so <laughs> yeah i feel like she's the most energetic one yeah in the group mm-hmm. especially in videos shout out to superior spice um <laughs> <laughs> next we have at house of sporty ph so you're probably in the same time zone as me hey which it's 1 in the morning right, right. <laughs> The struggle is real. Anywho. Okay, so she said, wow, it's so good that I didn't want it to end. I didn't know much about this era. So thank you guys for this in-depth review. We owe that to Steffi because, (laughs) listen, she made sure she was like, bitch, don't come on here embarrassing me. Because you don't know nothing about the Spice Girls. I sent Angie the syllabus of basic (laughs) Spice Girls 101. If you guys would like the links, I could send it to you too. There are quite literally over 100 links that she could send you. I could just send you the playlist. (laughs) But thank you at House of Sporting PH. Okay, and then should we read a review or play a voicemail message? Uh, Voicemail first. Hi guys, well done on the Spice World episode. Was so excited to listen to it and it was really good. So can't wait for the next two episodes about the Spice World era. We're getting spoiled, an extra bonus episode, wow. But just giving my rating of Spice World. So my top three songs. Number three would be Saturday Night Divas. When I I heard that for the first time, I think it was... 2020, I listened to Spice and Spice World during lockdowns, hooked obviously. So, number three, Saturday Night Divas. And number two, Too Much. I was obsessed with that a few months ago, kind of all I listened to. So, number one is Spice Up Your Life. I just remember listening to that on a, on a, a now, that's what I call music CD. I think it was 30 something or 40 something. But yeah, I think it was the first song on the CD and we used to have this big kind of stereo system. I would just constantly replay that song and kind of dance around the room. And just when that song starts, it does something to me. I love it so much. Underrated gem. I just look, I was looking at the album there a minute ago. Do It, maybe? It's a really kind of upbeat, I find a very 90s kind of positive vibe sort of song. Nice one to like wake up in the morning to, I think. Um, and then the song I would cut, I'm going to go with ladies of amp it's a nice way to finish the album but as a song alone kind of doesn't really fit in i don't think and just wouldn't be one that i would go to play on its own as opposed to the others so yeah there you go hope you're all good and can't wait to listen to the next two episodes and yeah i hope you're 
looking forward to your holiday and I hope everything is going well for it. Um, yeah, take care. Well, that was um, Diva Daily's Irish correspondent, Kian. Shout out to Kian. <laughs> Shout out to Kian. Especially this season. Kian, you've been one of the mains. You guys, keep up with Kian. <laughs> Thank you, Kian, for the love for my holiday. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three, solid. Solid. Shocked that you just started listening to the album in 2020 okay also but it's okay kian went to the spice world spice girls tour in 2019 so he was there for the first stop he was there at their first show but if you just listen to it in 2020 what maybe he didn't like have the first sit down beginning to end listening experience until 2020 so kian you couldn't fully appreciate the spice world songs on stage until after you had the experience. Maybe going helped him become a fan. True. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, when I watched that 2019 tour on YouTube.com, I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) hold on. So I can only imagine what that was like if I was there. That's true. That's very true. Also, shout out to Kian because he's actually going to see Melanie C live. Oh. I think in a couple couple days, couple weeks. So. For the book tour? No, like she's doing, she's like performing at some place. I don't know. I don't know where. But I was telling Kian, I was like, you pop out that phone and be on the field correspondent. Yes. Live at the Melanie C show. Absolutely. (laughs) Just pop out that phone. We will play the audio in the show. For sure. Absolutely. But thanks, Kian. Yes. Okay, well, we have a review let's do it you guys it's a five-star review yes as it and the title be. is called yeah as it should be <laughs> and the title is called my go-to podcast hey. and this is from jasmine jada okay she says hi steffi and angie my name is jasmine and i've been an avid diva dailies listener since the beginning in all of my engagements with steffi on twitter i'm at jasmine eee jada underscore She's the one that has Mariah and Janet and Whitney in her ah, okay, okay. little header on Twitter. Yeah. She said, I've never properly left a review for the pod. Shame on me. I just wanted to say that I admire the work and professionalism that you ladies bring to each episode. The knowledge of the topics, the jokes between you two, and the commentary are truly hilarious. My favorite episodes this season have, of course, been the Butterfly and Velvet Rope episodes since I'm a huge Janet and Mariah stan. Yeah. I'm particularly loving the Spice Girls episodes because they're the girl group of my childhood and Spice World the movie was a big part of my childhood. I cannot wait for the era breakdown episode because there are some things to get into. So yes, please keep up the great work you two and know that you've always got a fan in me. Tens across the board. Heart emoji. It's a five star experience. Got tens across the board. I mean, come on, pose. Yes. Come on, pose. (laughs) Thank you, Jasmine. That is very much appreciated. Yes. It's always nice hearing people saying that they love the podcast. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it feels like a very thankless job because you're like, we're just in the mix, just trying to record and edit. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice to hear from you guys. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, it's worth it. It's like, oh, there are people listening. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Jasmine is one of them. <laughs> yes. 
thank you again. Yes, we love the feedback. Thank you, Jasmine. We always really appreciate your support. And I trust Jasmine because she knows the divas. I know she does. Hey. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Angie, I mean, I don't know. Was there anything to talk about in the news? Um, Not that I know of. I mean, they're like big things like Grammy noms, but we're planning on doing like around the Grammys episode about yeah. Grammys. So we'll talk more there. Right. I'm trying to think. I mean, Spice Girls related, but four of the five Spice Girls went to Jerry's 50th birthday party and it was a big saw thing. And they yeah. were singing and dancing to say you'll be there. Yeah. But Miss Mel B. Where was Mel B? Oh, my God. I posted that meme of New York when she's like, where is this bitch? Like, that was me. Hell yeah, where is this bitch? Where is she? She's scared. Where was she? The rumor is that she was working, I think, because she had, like, some other job, so that's why she couldn't go. And I've heard stories of people saying, like, oh, well, Mel B called Jerry before the party started, and they had, like, a long conversation. So there's, like, that story. But I've also heard she was at like a bonfire with her family it was like a family obligation thing i don't know oh okay well i'm gonna hope that it was work (laughs) okay yeah and some people were like see melby is purposely missing jerry's big events because like melby also missed when jerry got married oh really i didn't know that yeah and she like missed other things like when her daughter was christened or something, Melby missed that. And huh, interesting. I know. It just goes back to the Melby and the Jerry drama. of this yeah. era. <laughs> yes. You guys, it's because Jerry left on Melby's birthday. <laughs> on her birthday. <laughs> when Jerry left the group, it was bad. Because? Well, she left on my birthday and didn't tell anybody. Angie, any last words? Because this is the last time people will be hearing from you in real time. Yes. Um, thank you guys <laughs> for rocking with my first full official season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very much appreciated. Angie did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you kind of threw me in the deep end. Yeah, I was like, Angie, so um, you're going to do the intro now. Um, <laughs> here's your guide. You just pretty much read off of it. Literally the week before. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, that's great. I'm like, Angie, uh, you got this. And I felt like I, I, I stuck it and landed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty often. Yes. I was Sissy Houston and you were Whitney Houston. And I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 I can't talk. Oh, my voice is, oh. And you were like, wait, what? <laughs> Steffi said, I'm not doing all these intros. <laughs> Bitch, I'm like, get this it is a 50-50 production now. So, <laughs> Oh my God, wait, quickly. Can we briefly talk about the Whitney trailers because we have not talked about it at all. The Whitney biopics. Oh my gosh. Should we play a clip of it? Let's play a clip of it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Whitney Houston! A common criticism of you, your music isn't black enough. Well, who said that? That's just bull. And it makes me angry, actually. It's hateful and uninformed. My whole life, she ain't black enough, she ain't white enough. Well, how about she's not obedient enough? How about she ain't fearful enough? Music is not a color to me. It has no boundaries. I sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be, and reach as big an audience as I can. No one is like you. You can sing. Whitney, 
your daddy's princess. We're building something here, so you just keep singing. Daddy, my money. I trusted you. You want me to look out for me. We spent a lot of time together. It's damaging the brand. Since when your little girl become the brand? I miss that. Don't even worry about it. You're Whitney Houston. What was it like? That love. Millions of people. The best feeling I ever knew. Angie, thoughts? Did you see both of them? There's two. Yeah, there's two different yes. trailers. Yes. The first trailer, I literally laughed at. And I said, "There's no fucking way." It was horrible. You guys, the first it was tra- lifetime. It was, yes, it was bad. It was bad. Giving lifetime. It was bad. The second trailer, I said, "Hmm." Improvement. Improvement. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know about Whitney Houston, I would be interested in seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. That was the only one where I was like, "Oh, I'm." I could be interested. Me too. I'm still nervous. Oh, me too. Because that first trailer was just so bad. Freaking bad. It was generic. Yeah, it was generic. Generic is the right word. Mm -hmm. It was formulaic. It was generic. Yes. Whatever you think a trailer for a biopic should have, that's exactly what it had. It was blah. But then the second trailer came. And it was way better. It was. Oh, there's like a lot of really, really good actors in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were talking about the money situation yeah because hmm. i feel like the money situation between whitney and her father yeah for you guys who don't know whitney's dad was essentially stealing money from whitney yeah and he was even on his like deathbed in the 2000s like wanting whitney to pay up when yeah. he was the one stealing money from whitney and it was a lot of drama but i haven't really seen any narrative biopic ever talk about that right so that was promising to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. A, just a smidge promising. But yeah. I, then I have to remember who's behind it. Patricia. <sighs> Rat Risha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath on a phenomenal biopic. But I'll watch. I really want to watch it. I am fearing that I may not be able to watch it in theaters because the place where I predominantly stay in the Philippines doesn't have a movie theater. So if I were to go watch it in the movies, I would literally have to drive two, three hours to a particular town where I know they will probably be playing. Also, I was very nervous that that movie wasn't going to come to the Philippines. But then when I watched the Wakanda Forever movie, like, yeah. you know how they have like the movie posters outside? Yeah. They had a movie poster for the Whitney movie. Hey. And I was also baking on the fact that like a lot of Filipino people love Whitney Houston. Oh. Like I've literally, I hear Whitney all the time on the radio when I'm here. I mean. <laughs> and I'm like talking deep cuts. I heard Miracle on the radio. Really? <laughs> I heard, yeah, Miracle on the radio. I heard, I know him so well, the Whitney and Sissy duet. I will say, Filipino people don't play about Whitney or Mariah. But they don't. Yeah. Listen, the vocal divas or Celine. Yeah, we really like vocalists over here. (laughs) Yeah. So thankfully, that movie will be playing here. I just have to figure out a way to get to a movie theater to watch it. I'll beg. I feel like it's safe to say on behalf of Steffi that we will be covering it when it comes out. So it's either Super Bowl episode or the Whitney biopic. That'll be the first episode back. Yeah, let's do that. 
but yeah that's pretty much it you guys um we hope you enjoy spice world part three and here we go so the next segment we're going to get into is but we need people to buy the album so this is the segment where we talk about how the album era was marketed and boy oh boy oh boy this section alone could be another episode this section alone could be a whole freaking podcast yes <laughs> facts okay um well let's talk about the spice girls by the time spice world is happening they are fully leaning into their spice identities because while making spice and during the initial period of promoting their debut album they didn't actually have their spice personas not a lot of people probably are aware of this but the spice girls didn't come up with their spice names those were names that were given to them by peter lorraine of top of the pops magazine again put a pin on this conversation because we will be going back into this when we do spice we didn't present ourselves as these people, as these names. Yeah. Originally, it was a magazine, Top of the Pops magazine. It was a huge show in the UK and they have a magazine and they gave us these nicknames and they just completely stuck. And we loved it. And I think the great thing about being a Spice Girl, obviously we really celebrate our individuality. And this almost enabled us to have these caricatures yeah. of ourselves and we just really played up to it. But by the time Spice World comes around, by this point, they have fully embraced their Spice personas. And to me, that's one of the things that makes the Spice Girls unique compared to all the other girl groups, especially thinking about the girl group summer we had a couple months ago. It's the fact that each of the girls had their own distinct and separate identity and place within the Spice Girls. Thoughts? Here's the unique part about the Spice Girls. Like you said, they have their own identity. So you can gravitate to one Spice Girl. And you can literally just buy all the merch and it'll be tons just for that one Spice Girl. Yeah, right. Yeah. When I was young, I gravitated to Scary Spice. She was my everything, even though I wasn't a hardcore Spice Girls fan. Like anytime I saw the Spice Girls, I was like, oh, Mel B, Scary Spice. Yes. Love to see her. Yeah. So that made them even more marketable because there's five different personalities you could choose from. Mm -hmm. Much like TLC. Mm -hmm. Right. TLC had three distinct personalities that you could choose from but also too like with that just on a marketing perspective they each have their own colors they each have their like all these marketing ideas the possibilities become endless because there's five distinct different ways you could go and you don't have to do a full spice girls marketing idea where it's just like one idea you can do five different things Every single time. Yeah. You want to do a Pepsi ad? You can make five different kinds of Pepsi bottles and sell it with each of the girls' names on it, right? Right. And it goes for anything, the dolls, everything. Like, there's just so much you can do. And I think everybody understood that. And so that's why they were such marketing giants. They're kind of like Pokemon. Yes. You want to, like, collect them all. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Absolutely. They're the pop Pokemon icons when it came to collecting like you said each of the girls they have their own brand identity within the larger brand of the spice yeah. girls that's something that is still carried even to this day for spice 25 each girl had their own vinyl color mm -hmm. you know yeah baby spice had the baby pink vinyl and scary had the green vinyl and posh had the red like if you love Mel B, maybe you'll only get hers. Yeah. But maybe if you love all five, 
You're going to get all five. Right, right. The way their whole marketing thing is set up, it incentivizes you to want to collect all five, kind of like the Pokemon. Absolutely. And also the thing too with the Spice Girls, like we've been saying, aside from having just like these different Spice personas, that is also exemplified in the way that they dress. Exactly, yeah. And that ties back into the Spice Girls ethos. Yeah. In a lot of interviews, they're always asked like, what does girl power mean? Asserting girl power is basically um, being yourself. <laughs> being that strong, you know, true to yourself. Girl power is a lot of different things. It is about, you know, being yourself and, and being strong, but it's also about respecting yourself. You don't have to be loud and, and boisterous about it. Do you know what I mean? You can be, just respect yourself, respect other people. It's all different sort of things. Because we're not particularly perfect. We've been, we've been saying that all along, so action speaks louder than words. And that's exemplified in the way that they are marketed and in the way that they dress because each of those women had their own style. Like Victoria, little black dress, Mel C, track pants, trainers, Emma, baby doll dress, pinks and blues, Mel B, leopard print, camouflage, and then Jerry has like a pinup doll, 1950s, 60s-esque aesthetic, and she has these very eccentric outfits. And I literally can't think of another group where you can immediately tell that that's them, just based on the shoes, and identify each member of the group based on the shoe alone. Yeah, putting them in context with the other girl groups that we've talked about that we haven't talked about but like in vogue and tlc like you said i mean tlc was pushed where they were marketing the individuality crazy sexy cool yeah very much leaned into that but they were also very much marketed still as like this is the cohesive group yeah same thing with in vogue same thing with escape danity kane semi pussycat dolls right yeah that this is the group at the end of the day Whereas the Spice Girls, it seemed like there were five individuals who happened to be in a group who are getting marketed as a group, but there's still five individuals in this space together. Uh Also, we have to realize, too, there is this kind of like exotic vibe that happens around the Spice Girls compared to the American groups. Mm. There's like this British group. We love a British takeover here in America. We do. We do. It's easy for them to cross over. Because they are a predominantly white band mm, yeah. with the sprinkle of Mel B. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they don't have a lot of the hills to climb over that like a TLC has to climb over. Yeah. SWV, In Vogue, even a Danity Kane and Pussycat Dolls. Like they just get to be them. Yeah. And because they're from the UK, because they have the British accents, they are deemed a little bit cooler, mm-hmm. which makes them more marketable. Yeah. It's easy to market a British person over here. Yeah. We're like, oh my God, that accent. Yes. Girl power. Yeah. And even the way that the kids were saying girl power, it was like, girl power. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been doing that the entire time. Right. Girl power. <laughs> girl power. Yeah. So it's like, there's this whole exotic side of the Spice Girls. Yeah. And that definitely helped market them mm-hmm. in ways that other girl groups at the time, even if you were sitting on top like a TLC, like a SWV. You don't have accents. At the end of the day, you're a black band. You have to think about crossing over to a white audience. They didn't have to think about that at all. Mm-hmm. Which, side note, makes Mel B such a enigma to me. Because here's this black artist who didn't really have to think about being a black artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. Like, You know she's biracial though, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I absolutely know. Yeah. Yes, okay. She's biracial black woman, but she's definitely black presenting. Yeah. 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 For right? sure. Yeah. But she didn't have to think about 
the music industry in the same way that like a Whitney Houston, Janet. Yeah. She didn't have to think about crossing over. Mm -hmm. It was a given. Yeah. They make music and it was going to go wherever it was going to go. Yeah. Because the band for the most part is white. Yeah. So hearing her, her story about blowing up the way that she did is just such an interesting story. Yeah. Because I feel like we talk about the black artist experience all the time here on the podcast yeah just because of who the divas are yeah who we cover yeah we talk about crossing over so much all the time and so seeing how she didn't have to think about that the only crossing over was how do we get to america Mm -hmm. the end yeah what are we gonna do when we get to america the end you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't like oh can we get to white audiences we don't know hopefully fingers crossed Mm -hmm. also her alter ego she is dub the scary one yeah she's dubbed as the loud one and like she is literally the antithesis of what you need to quote-unquote cross over yeah like if whitney houston was scary spice in the 80s (laughs) that is not gonna happen (laughs) not gonna happen if janet came out with control and was like out here like scary spice like mel b yeah not gonna happen yeah yeah she's just an enigma I, I love mel b so much we could probably talk more about this too once we get to the spice episodes hopefully that won't take too long to get to um <laughs> because yeah she is dubbed the scary spice and like a lot of people in hindsight are like oh it's kind of racist yeah that the only blonde one is named scary spice Absolutely. but what i love about mel b is like i think she said before like maybe initially she she might have felt a kind of way about it but what i love about mel b is she just like fucking took that yeah and ran with it and she fully embraced it yeah. and she didn't let that be a detriment to her yeah like she really like embraced the scary persona right. like for me when i think of scary spice and the reason why for me i think people saw her as scary is because she was just so unabashedly herself yeah and that is what scared people yeah like she wasn't scared to put people in their place right and tell people how she really felt whereas you know maybe like i can't imagine emma doing that or she probably would but like she needs to be with the other people but mel b she's like i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna stand up to this man and be like hey you don't pick on jerry you know what i mean what before i don't know whether you saw the fantastic sun photograph where i'm surrounded by them and jerry's right above my head and this little little boy said to me you look like mickey mouse (laughs) Why not? I do not Go. find that funny. I don't right. find that funny, Jack. Right. So I'm doing um, She is quite scary, actually. <laughs> Have you seen that clip of, I forget if this is like Spice era or Spice World era, but the Spice Girls went to, I think, Holland or some, or Poland, and they bring out these people in blackface oh, because that yes. was like a thing. Yes. And Mel B was like, that's not right. Like, you shouldn't be doing blackface. Like, yeah. good for Jerry and Mel C and the other girls for backing Mel B up. But Mel B's not scared. Yeah. Shouldn't paint their faces. You should get bl- proper black people to do it. You shouldn't paint their faces. That's I don't a- think that's very good. No, no, no. But that's tradition. That's culture. That's tradition. Yeah, but you should I'm get One of the proper. five is Winnie Mandela. Hello, Winnie. <laughs> that unto itself seeing a black artist i mean it's hard to say because like all the other black artists are in a predominantly white space yeah and just by being in the music industry but mel b was like for real all the time pretty much white folks around her right yeah yeah and so to deal with being pretty much the only black person at all times 
and seeing how vocal she was about her blackness about racism yeah that was another treat about the spice girls too that made me like oh my gosh mel b yes that's mel b you know yeah like she was really open about her being mixed race her being black and then also like her sexuality too like she never yeah. shied away from that like Melby was really fucking cool yeah I mean like she's still really cool but like especially when you consider she was expressing herself in that way in the 90s that's really cool Melby progressive spice <laughs> <laughs> now lots of black people I know take offense at your, the name you've been dubbed with, Scary Spice. They think that it's a stereotype, and I know a lot of black people feel ever so strongly about it. How do you feel really? this the record? Yeah. Do you know what? I've not thought about it like that. If they do know me as a person, they would know I've been named it purely because of my personality. I don't take any crap, and I'm very kind of upfront. If somebody annoys me, I'll go, oi, you know, I'm very kind of a very kind of vibey, quite alive person, so I'm very... Some people think that I'm damn right rude and abrupt. So that's where I've got my name from, okay? What the Spice Girls was able to do to be able to become a brand outside the music so that it sustains itself. Mm -hmm. And Spice Girls have absolutely 1 million percent done that. Like, you don't have to know a Spice Girls song. For me, it'd be weird if you didn't know not one Spice Girls song. But it is possible, hypothetically, especially nowadays, to know who the Spice Girls are just you see five random girls one is in leopard print another's kind of sporty looking like you know oh you're the spice girls right exactly without even really knowing who's who can't say that about a lot of other girl groups and i would say it's almost oh this is a big statement i'm gonna say it say it at poetry soul three (laughs) um It's almost like Michael Jackson level. You know what? Honestly, and I'm saying this as a huge Michael Jackson stand. I am not going to fight you on that. So, Boom. There you go. Because <laughs> the thing with Michael is he is someone who really understood this idea of iconography. Yes. Like, yes. you know, single white glove. That's Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. that's the same thing with Spice Girls in their own way. Anytime I saw the British flag on anything, Spice Girls, the platform shoes, Spice Girls, leopard print. Spice Girls. Like, that was just it, you know? Yeah. You see this, the peace sign? Yeah. Girl power. Right, right. For tonight's special report, we take a look at one of Britain's most successful exports, a marketing phenomenon that's earned £100 million worldwide in less than a year. Okay, well, let's get into some of the products. Yes. Okay, so um, Marketing Week said that the Spice Girls are apparently the most merchandised group in music history. That makes sense. Simon Fuller at the time said it was more about exposure Mm -hmm. there's like a whole chapter about marketing in this david sinclair book but essentially what he was saying was he was using these like big companies like pepsi and polaroid or whatever to help advertise the brand spice girls instead of just fully relying on the label to do that simon fuller is no idiot he is very very brilliant at analyzing and making pop music work. But what separated him completely from what came before is that he saw just releasing a record isn't enough. It it was gonna be music and brands. He was gonna put the two things together. He said that kind of helped 
the international appeal to the Spice Girls because while like maybe in the UK you see all their products because it's the UK but then if you go to like Southeast Asian territories where maybe the only reason why they kind of are seeing the Spice Girls is because of the Pepsi ad like that still counts for something yeah the Spice Girls also applied for over 100 trademarks on merchandise and licensing alone in 1997 they made 300 million pounds and then as of May 1998 they made 500 to 800 million and sponsorships made up about 10% of their income in comparison to other artists where it would typically be 1% at that time. I feel like as an artist, this is, especially in today's climate, you guys need to be looking at the Spice Girls. Yeah. I remember Chloe said this not too long ago. She was on a show on YouTube and um, the Terrell show. And she said, basically, nowadays, music is your promo. Mm. to get all these other things yeah because music is not making money now oh yeah musicians don't make a lot of money in the Mm. music industry that's why you see a lot of people they have brand deals and brand sponsorships that's where the coin comes from in touring but like music itself you're actually losing money wow yeah ain't that crazy Uh the good thing is that even though you do lose money in the music business Mm. you get a coin from everything that comes from the music you're making so it's like almost the music is almost like the ad Mm. You know what I mean? So it's a business and sometimes it's sad to think of it that way, but that's why tours go big and everything. That's where you make your money and the big brand deals. So that's like a fact that not too many people know. They think it's like this huge high life thing. And yes, you might get a big lump sum of money in the beginning or you might have a huge recording budget and you think the label's paying for it, but at the end of the day, you're paying for it. It's coming out of you. So whatever you made from that album, you get that after whatever has been paid off. Mm. So it's like a loan. That is a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is kind of like the Spice Girls setup, right? Their music was like a promo to get all of these other things. And that's how they get their money. And imagine that they were doing that during a time when you were still able to make money off of music. Right. So they're selling upwards of like 80 million records in two album eras. And then on top of that, they're like, yeah. Let's get this lunchbox. Yeah, let's get these scooters. This Pepsi ad, right? Yeah. Like all these things. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Okay, so let's talk about some of those items that they got. The dolls. Yes, <laughs> the big ones. They got their own dolls and it was made with a company called Galoob. And apparently it was the best-selling celebrity dolls of all time. And they sold more than 11 million units. And there were eight different sets of the dolls. And the first set was called the Girl Power Line. And it was special because it featured Jerry with her Union Jack dress Mm -hmm. that she made very popular. And then they had different lines. And then there were subsequent lines where Jerry wasn't in it. But the dolls, did you own? No, I didn't. But I, I wanted one. I have some friends who actually had the dolls and Kristen who was on the Spice World episode she actually owned all the dolls like her parents got them Mm. for her for recital and I remember she said I got the Spice Girls dolls for like a dance recital that I did like my parents got me the dolls and I was allowed to open all of them Mm. but I didn't open the ginger one because I had to save that one because she was the best one oh wow (laughs) so like I played with all of them the ginger one is still somewhere in my house in a box that has never been oh my god wow I saw the dolls everywhere 
It seemed like all my friends had the dolls. Oh, okay. I always wanted a Scary Spice doll. One, because there wasn't a ton of black dolls out at the time. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true, yeah. So I was like, yeah. And I wasn't a doll person. I was definitely trucks, basketball, race car. I was that chick Yeah. when I was a kid. But I, I definitely remember wanting the Spice Girls doll. I just, I don't think I've ever asked for it. mm their dolls were cool, too, because I know Mel B and Mel C's dolls had tattoos because they had tattoos. That's very progressive yeah. for 97. Let's move into endorsements. Um, oh, my goodness. OK, so Pepsi. Yes. Big one. That's the big one. Yeah. So obviously Pepsi at this time or just in general, they're always trying to appeal to the youth culture. Every decade at that time, it seemed that Pepsi was tapping the pop star yeah. to appeal to the young audience. So like in the 80s, they got, of course, Michael Jackson yeah. and Madonna. You're the Pepsi generation because of Make a wish. In the 2000s, you get like the iconic Britney Spears, yeah. Pepsi commercials. And in the 90s, the Spice Girls had their own Pepsi commercial. And did you watch the commercial? Yes. Next phase. Next stage. Next grave. Next wave. What were your thoughts? I mean, it was hold it down, feel the noise. Let him know it's a vibe. Pick it up, it's a lie. Move over, yeah. Point, point, kick. Not the point, point and kick. Point, point. Kick Jerry's. Oh, oh my God, Jerry's platform <laughs> shoes that had her name oh. on the fucking side. Yeah, bitch. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's funny because um, before I understood the the Pepsi commercial, now as an adult, yeah, I remember listening to Spice World and listening to Move Over, and I was like. They sampled this. I just don't know what the song is. They oh, sampled the okay. song. Yeah. And then you sent me the link. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, this is this is the song that they sampled. And you're like, that is their song. Yes. <laughs> but I, I know Move Over because of the Pepsi commercial, but I never put two and two together until maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the Pepsi <laughs> commercial. I think a lot of people, when they hear Move Over, they think of it as the Pepsi song yeah but i love their pepsi commercial they had multiple tv ads in 75 different countries and they also had like a special thing with pepsi where if you sent in 20 pepsi pull tabs so like you have like the can and you send in 20 of those little pull tabs you will receive an exclusive spice girl single called step to me why don't you And then 
then once you receive that, you were entered into a contest where you could potentially win a ticket to see the Spice Girls Istanbul concert. And the reason why it was in Istanbul is because Pepsi was the best-selling soft drink in Istanbul, and they could not have a concert anywhere where Coke was sold. <laughs> wow. Well, and then that's another thing that's very interesting about the 90s is these, like, uh, what's it called? Where you, like, send stuff in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like P.O. Box sort of thing? or P.O. Um, Box like a, like a sweep, sweepstakes. Sweepstakes. There it is. Sweepstakes were such a huge thing in the 90s. Anything you did from cereal box tabs to candy to soda, like you could win anything. If I knew I could buy 20 sodas and then get quote unquote free music, I'm I'm doing it. Yes, I'm sending it in. Mm-hmm. Then I have a chance to see them live. Yes, I'm spending all my money on the product. Absolutely. And can you imagine how much money kids spent on Pepsi? Man. Cans just to, you have the 20 20 in order to get one song. Money that's not even ours. Yeah. Mom, please. Dad, please. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. You have to get the cans, you have to save it and then mail it. Who knows how long it's going to take for them to. Yeah. Oh, you have to really trust the system. It coincides beautifully with Spice Girls. We talk about girl power, you know, new generation, it's new feeling. And Pepsi, you know, projects the same thing. That's what, you know, that's why we decided to do it together. You know how you were talking about how a brand can hypothetically develop five different products? Yes. Because there's five girls. Well, Polaroid did that. Yes. With the Spice Cam. Mm-hmm. So that was the first camera to be named after a group or person was the Spice Cam. And the Spice Girls filmed six different commercials for Polaroid. Five individual commercials and then one group one. So that's an example of a company capitalizing on them individually and then also them as a group. What are we going to do now? Spice cam from Polaroid. Baby. New Polaroid Extreme Matte. Film you can draw on. Very posh. New Polaroid Extreme Monochrome Film. Really ginger. New Polaroid Extreme Bright Color Gloss Film. Get sporty. New Polaroid Extreme Fast Color Gloss Film. Scary. New Polaroid Extreme Matte, film you can draw on. They also had a deal with Impulse where they developed their own perfume. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're in the process of recording the Impulse advert, which is going to be absolutely wicked. This new smell is absolutely fantastic. Smell. Nice, nice. Can you smell that at home? Yes. It's really nice. That was a unique commercial as well have you seen the behind the scenes of that commercial no oh i'll send you some of the footage of the behind the scenes okay stuff okay in that commercial specifically one point like you know melby's like can she can be like really fucking loud yeah and just like ah! so at one point emma was like shut the fuck up melanie <laughs> i'm practically naked so, anyway you don't think so you a quick glance over your shoulder and then to melanie, each other all right and that went like viral a couple a couple years ago and emma's husband saw it on Twitter and was like, oh, this is how she is all the time at home. (laughs) (laughs) And then also the behind the scenes of the Polaroid commercial, one of the 
crew members is like really misogynistic and they're asking the girls to like show a little bit more cleavage so then mel b and jerry and victoria get up in that guy's face and it's like who do you think you are blah 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 like wow yeah it's actually like pretty cool that's another thing with the spice girls is like the girl game mentality they're all gonna come together and just like serve it to someone and like right. that was an example of them doing that wow 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 who was it was it was it you why, why why did you ask that what to have a cleavage shown and a midriff shown it's every man's fantasy well you can fuck off and follow <laughs> The girls aren't afraid to call out the sexism to the men on the set. That really did happen a lot. He's the one who said, can you show a bit of cleavage and midriff? Can we girl power? No, girl power. And of course they had Walker's crisps yep. deal. Yep, there yep, were commercials yep. there. Open a bag of Walker's crystal snacks and you could find one of 16 million prizes. Like five quid. A signed CD. Or a Spice Girls jacket. Or 100 grand! Or a crisp. And then Cadbury, chocolates. There was molding different chocolate bars to the specific girl. Mm. So you could collect Cadbury chocolate. And then they had a deal with Asda and Sainsbury's, which is, you know, grocery store chain in the UK. Yeah. And they basically put their likeness on everything. And during the Christmas season in 1997, Asda paid the Spice Girls one million pounds to create and sell exclusive products in their spice zone. That's crazy. I can I can understand why people were pissed that they were seeing their face <laughs> all the time. Great marketing yeah. tools, but you walking in a grocery store and it's like mayo. Oh, damn. <laughs> Mel C. Yeah. <laughs> Potato <Ketchup>. chips. Right. <laughs> Mel B. Um, You're just like, I'm just trying to get some groceries. Why are there faces everywhere? I remember saying to Simon Fuller once, you know, we want to be as famous as personal automatic. We want to be a household name. There's part of you that thinks, wow, this is so cool, Pepsi commercial. We're on Bags of Crisp. We're on, you know, everything. We did all these adverts and it was really good fun and we became household names. At one point, I remember thinking, I've done more adverts than music videos in the last couple of months. We would be doing it in the middle of something you know, maybe creative. And at the end of the day, if we really didn't want to do something, all five of us could have said, uh-uh, we're not doing it. And that rarely happened. But I think it got to the point where it just felt like a bit of an extreme and maybe other things were beginning to suffer. See ya, hold not that we were ever taken, you know, completely seriously as a music act. Um, but, you know, maybe we were losing a little bit of respect from people because we were selling out. They also made the collector's items so accessible right Mm. like pepsi is very accessible yeah that's a really good point walker's chips is accessible everything from shirts mugs keychains posters blankets pillows lunch boxes like that was all a thing and you didn't have to go for the big stuff like you didn't have to get a scooter yeah you can get the keychains and i'm sure there was like eighteen thousand different keychains that you could have got right or pillows and blankets you know yeah i also heard like trading cards i'm sure like in the era of pokemon yeah that makes sense (laughs) 
in the era of Pokemon, Digimon, and Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah. And shout out to the collectors out there still to this day. I follow different Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts of people dedicated specifically to collecting Spice Girls stuff and like, oh my God, it's incredible. It's Their collection yeah. is incredible. Yeah. This is that one guy that you sent me. Oh, his room. His room. It's like a two-room room. <laughs> And it's quite literally just Spice Girls. Nothing else. Spice Girls filled. DVDs up the wazoo. And I was like, did they do that many DVDs? <laughs> like CDs up the wazoo. And I was like, I know they don't have that many CDs. Like what is just, yeah, packed. Did you watch the music video for Viva Forever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, you know, the fairies? Yeah. I guess at one point they were selling the Viva Forever single. There was like a CD cover where it's just like the Emma fairy or it's just oh like God. the Mel B fairy or the Victoria fairy. So like the hardcore Spice Girls fans were trying to collect the okay. CDs. I see. But the Jerry one, because again, Viva Forever, right. that's the last single the jerry one is like so hard to find oh my gosh and apparently like if you do have it it sells for quite a lot wow. to the point where some people have been like going on photoshop constructing fake Dang. jerry singles and some sense. people were like be careful that you don't get swindled right, right. from getting like a fake jerry viva forever you're paying like hundreds or thousands of dollars yeah for wow okay well we have discussed all of this and we have not mentioned the movie Oh, but why did that <laughs> legit leave my brain? Wow. That's how much the Spice Girls did, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they performed for royalty and entertained millions the world over. But now, they're making <laughs> a movie. Columbia Pictures presents the Spice Girls in their first film. Are we making a movie here or what? All right, we're coming. Spice World. So we're not going to get too much into the details of the movie because we did actually do a whole episode on this podcast dedicated to Spice World. You know, I will say apologies for my performance on that that episode. <laughs> I think for someone who was neutral on the Spice Girls, I think I did okay. Huh? But I think it would sound very different no. now. <laughs> As a super fan, yeah. But there are some things that I I found funny back then that I'm like, oh yeah, I would still choose that as like a really funny scene. Like yeah. Victoria driving the bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. <laughs> Hold on to your knickers, girls! But yeah, Spice Girls had their own movie called Spice World. And they even went to the Cannes Film Festival to announce and create buzz for it. And there's pictures of them like standing on the balcony and posing. They're running up the famed stairs. It's incredible. Not Cannes. <laughs> Yeah, there's pictures of them on a yacht wow. being chased by paparazzi on different speedboats. Like, That's crazy. They were really having a moment. That's how big they were. Spice the movie. God knows what it's going to be like. But at least the mixed spices did provide can with quite a culture shock. And not only can itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what sort of movie is it going to be? It is going to be. It's going to be oh. five days in the life of the Spice Girls leading up to our first ever performance. Yeah, it's going to be a real tribute to us, a lot of all movies. It's going to be a comedy, a thriller. It's going to be lots of fun. A lot yeah, of romance. Loads of fun. Yeah. There, is, there is one small question that, that comes into my mind. Can any of you act? Yeah. No! Did you watch... Spice World. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had the um the movie on VHS. That was one of my favorite movies at the time, especially as a kid. The aliens. Like there were so many memorable scenes. 
in that film, one of my favorite scenes is Say You'll Be There. Oh my God. That was one of my favorite scenes I said in the Diva Dailies episode. I was like, this is like my favorite song and I just like really love it. Still, still holds. love like the orchestra the oh. and oh my god the beginning oh my god the beginning when it's just like the five of them just sitting there yes. and they're just hanging out oh and then oh, yeah. mel b with the i think she had the bantu nuts yeah in, in the space outfit oh my gosh yes victoria and mel b they're like smiling at each other and then like yeah. oh my god that's so yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so cute yeah i can't the movie is crazy balls but it did so much to make this band that was so crazily successful seem accessible through watching that movie i definitely felt like i knew them yeah for real for real you know that part where the fans are in the bus with them oh yeah 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 i think that part is so cute because like (laughs) that's kind of like how you imagine the spice girls to be yeah just like the chaos and the fun that is always happening like there's always something happening with them must be great being a spice girl yeah yeah it's really good be even better if it wasn't for a fascist slave driver bossing us about all the time yeah let's just escape from this place yeah when I say go, we go. Go! And there's just like quotables for me. Yeah, what's your quote? What's your quote mm. from Spice World? It's more so like song moments. Okay, okay. I was just singing this to a friend because she said, come on. And I was like, come on, come on. And do. Come on. Oh, come, come on, come on. And she come was like, what the on, hell are you talking about? I was like, Spice World. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're gonna be yeah. in my cake back.
obviously Victoria is the shining fucking star. Absolutely. She's of so Spice World. She is hilarious. a comedian. Yes. I love that they selected her to drive the bus. Yeah. Brilliant. Great. <laughs> loved it. Loved it back then. Love it now, still to this day. I love what she's like. Sunday drivers. It's only Saturday. Great line. <laughs> love it. And then when they're in the hospital. I totally and the parents approach that. them and are like, our yes. son is like in a coma. <laughs> Maybe if you come say hi to him, he'll wake up. And then Jerry's like, Malcolm, it's me, Jerry. And then Melcy's like, and it's me, Melanie C. And then Victoria's just like, and I'm Victoria, Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm, it's the Spice Girls that come to talk to you. Isn't that wonderful? Hello, Malcolm, it's Jerry. I'm Melanie C. And I'm Victoria, Malcolm. Shh. Oh my god, it's so funny. I'm so surprised Victoria agreed to do this when she was in the water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's like treading the yes. water and then they're like, Vicky, Vicky, do you want to borrow this? And then she's like, I'm not that desperate, thank you. Vicky, do you want to wear this? I'm not that desperate, thank you. Well, even though it was like critically panned, whatever, I think it actually performed really well in the box office. Mm -hmm. The thing is too, and we said this, especially in the early episodes of Diva Dailies, a lot of those movies were nominated for Razzies. Yeah. But I think it's also just because the Razzies like to pick on these divas. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you clearly know it's a parody. They're parodying themselves. Which made it fun. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And the bus. Oh, my gosh. The iconic bus. Yeah. The whole apartment in the bus. Yeah. It's like a mansion in the bus. Crazy. Yeah. And the last thing I'll mention here is their Rolling Stones cover. They were on the cover of Rolling Stones. And apparently, they are only one of three girl groups to cover Rolling Stone. It's Spice Girls, Destiny's Child, and Blackpink. I'm trying to think. No. TLC didn't do Rolling Stone. Yeah, they didn't. I looked it up. I was like, how did TLC not cover? <laughs> I'm like, what What covers were I'm thinking of? The, the vibe covers. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Rolling Stone, get it together. Yeah, Rolling Stone, what the fuck? Exactly. Um, also, Rolling Stone, Harry Styles is not the king of pop. <laughs> um, <laughs> you set up Harry... Okay, well, that's it. That's all I'll say about the marketing. As you can see, it was very extensive. They did a lot. So let's get into the next segment. Video killed the radio star. Video killed the radio star. Video killed the radio star. This is the segment where we talk about the music videos from this era. Surprisingly, there wasn't as much as I thought they were. Like, I thought yeah. there would be, like, a Beyonce Like a video for situation. every song. Yeah. Well, they just didn't have time they, for that, Angie. They, <laughs> they had a whole movie. <laughs> the movie was the music video. <laughs> that is their lemonade. <laughs> Spice oh World is Spice Girls lemonade. <laughs> As it oh, should shit. be. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> So this is not an in-depth discussion of every video, but we're going to be given a chance to talk about a specific video of our choosing. But before we get into that, here's the list of the songs that got videos. Too Much, directed by Howard Greenhalgh. Spice Up Your Life, directed by Marcus Nispel. Stop, directed by James Brown. Not that James Brown, another James <laughs> Brown. Can you imagine that James Brown directing <laughs> the Spice Girls? Stop. What the fuck? <laughs> Wow, that would have been a very different video. And then Viva Forever, directed by Steve Box. So, Steffi, what is the video you want to talk about? Oh, it was between two. 
Mm. It was between two, and oh. I, 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 I went with stop. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, stop is a jam. Okay, so um, stop was filmed in Ireland, and I love how it begins with this make believe scenario that they all live next door to each other. Love that. Um, <laughs> also, good job, Jerry, for knocking on the door in time to the music. I just feel like that would have been potentially difficult for her to to do. Oh so, hey, Jerry. <laughs> Good job. Oh my gosh. But yeah, basically the premise of the music video stop is the Spice Girls are causing a ruckus in this small town and typical to Spice Girls, they each have their own outfit situation. Yeah. Who has your favorite look in the video? Um, I'm going to have to go with Baby Spice. Oh. She was in the all white, right? Yeah. And Mel B. That jacket is pretty. Listen. Pretty iconic. Listen. I went for Victoria. Okay. I love Victoria's outfit here. It's like the suit yeah it's the suit but i also mm-hmm. love short hair victoria oh, i don't yeah, think many yeah. people can pull that off yeah and i think victoria could yeah and i also i don't know like i know in general Victoria's funny like we've discussed in spice world but i feel like she's just especially funny when she got that cut like i don't know there's something about she gets like short haircuts that i think victoria just becomes a funnier person <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and in the music video they have their iconic stop choreography mm-hmm. and it's easily imitatable so you know even if you aren't the best dancer you can do it you could do it while you're driving yeah probably you like know i do be safe uh <laughs> i do that all the time too but yeah this music video embodies the bubbly upbeat vibe of the yeah. Spice Girls and you just see them like jumping and skipping around they're playing with yeah. the kids they're annoying the elderly people it's what you imagine the Spice Girls to be I prefer the music videos where you see all of them together yeah because that's what we love about the Spice Girls when we see them as a group yeah and that's what Stop gave I feel like this is the first video where they look like adults yeah they do look older here it's like oh this is mature Spice Girls what's your music video my favorite video is Spice Up Your Life. I feel like this is quintessential pre-Y2K, mm. like 90s video. And I love it so much. Yeah. I love it so much. It's giving like Fifth Element. If you guys haven't seen that movie, please go see that movie. But you know what movie that they were trying to channel in that video, right? Was it The Matrix? Blade Runner. Blade. That makes sense. Everything makes sense now. Yeah. Angie's like, I need to reevaluate my notes. <laughs> yeah. All of my notes. All of my notes. I mean, it's still, to me, it feels very fifth element. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I, I don't get the reference because I'm not into sci-fi, but. You need to watch the fifth element. That would be one of the movies that I force you to watch on this podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> the fifth element. No, you're going to love it because the fifth element is a classic. You will love it. Is it like Xenon Girl of the 21st Century? Protozoa. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova girl. Make my heart go My supernova girl. I feel like in 97, if somebody said, what would 2020, 2022 be like? I would absolutely think it was this video. Mm. It's so dark, right? It's dark. You know, there's flying stuff like they each have their own hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. You just think like that was something that was going to happen at the turn of the century. Right. But no, we're just in two separate pandemics and 
struggling. Yeah. <laughs> is there a particular like scene or outfit that you liked in that music video? Uh I feel like I've been on Melby this whole time, but no, but Melby. her outfit is fucking great <laughs> in that one. The asymmetrical yeah. skirt yes. and it's like showing the leg. <laughs> yeah. And she like yeah. has her hair. The hair is crazy. Yeah. It's so yes. good. Oh my goodness. And then isn't she like a DJ at one point? Yeah. She's like in the video. <laughs> oh, she's doing it. the Diva Daily's remix. Diva Daily's remix. That's Melby back there. I mean, I love how random it is too. Cause there's like prison scenes and they're flying in the city. Yeah. There's the DJ. Yeah, I just love it. I love to how, like we said earlier, a huge criticism of the Spice Girls at the time was that they were capitalist spice and they're yeah just making collaborations with all these different companies. But in Spice of Your Life, they are literally embracing that. Like you see the Burger King yeah. logo and it's like yeah. Spice Girls and like the Starbucks, it's Spice Girls and right. the the Virgin record, it's Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, they- I love it knew what to do yeah to keep in theme i like the part too when they're like all kind of like in the i don't know like the control room of the spaceship oh yeah 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 and when they're like slam it to the left yeah. and they like <laughs> lean to the yes. left and they're like shake it to the right <laughs> and then they're like the, yeah. the ship like goes to the right <laughs> it's so cool yeah the next time if i ever go to disneyland and you know that ride in star wars where it's like you can fly the millennium falcon yeah I'm going to be like, clear the room. I'm going <laughs> to recreate. Spice up your life. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you play it. slip it to the left. <laughs> Shake it to the right. You have like your mini speaker. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let me just set this right here and go. I'll be like, <laughs> kick up the tempo. <laughs> clear the room. <laughs> Only four other girls. That'll be me. Okay, so what song do you wish got a music video? And what is the treatment and concept for it? Ooh, okay, so I'm looking at a blank, blank answer here because I didn't answer this because I was so fucking busy filling out the other segments. Do you want me to go first? I can um, go first. Yeah, go first. I'll see if I can conjure something. You're you're gonna hate mine. Okay, what is it? Mine's gonna be simple. Okay, but never give up on the good times. Okay, okay. And especially given what's happened in the Spice Girls realm shortly <laughs> in the future, I want tour footage. I want tour footage. Oh, okay. Give me the tour footage specifically with uh, Jelby. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Angie needs to go on YouTube.com and look up Crystal I90210's Jerry and Melby compilation. No, but I, I would love to see them on tour and see the tour footage. There is some tour footage. Yeah, but... I want it in a music video. Yeah, like nice quality remaster. Yeah. They could have done that, actually. See? Because then, you know, they would have been able. But I wonder if, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, like, somber. Jerry leaves. And then here you go. Like, <laughs> next single is never give up on the good times. And you're using tour footage that she was in. It's kind of weird. I mean, but in a hypothetical. <laughs> I feel like it still would work. Yeah. Because it would make the Americans feel that much better <laughs> they would fool the americans into believing that jerry was still in in the group and then they come to america and it's like they're like no. why is there only four <laughs> four-part harmony <laughs> oh man um okay hmm let's see i have an idea for a video but i'm not quite sure if this song necessarily should have been the one to get a video okay okay mm. okay i'm gonna throw out denying okay and i want this to be a meta moment and i want the girls to like be working at a newspaper headquarters 
situation environment and i want them to be taking the headline like real life headlines that are being thrown at the spice girls at the time and i want them to be like hanging the the newspapers headlines and be like oh my gosh i can't believe like blah 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 blah. like you guys know i like meta things like mariah and derek I like when we break the fourth wall and the artist is acknowledging real life events. Right. So I think it'd be cool. That could actually still kind of work even without Jerry. Wow. But we're living in a hypothetical where Jerry's still part of the group and they're like, you know, they're creating moments with the headlines. (laughs) Let's make the headlines. (laughs) That totally could have worked after Jerry. That totally could have worked. You just made that up. Or did you have that in your back, yeah, I just back pocket? No, no, no. I just made I just made that up. How did you I thought I was gonna win this one. And <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. So the next segment is the mic is on. It's not Memorex. I go on stage and my microphone is on. <laughs> this is where in this segment we share our favorite performance from the era. And yes, we know. Although we said the mic is on, sometimes the mic is not. And it's okay. Especially with Spice Girls, there are instances where the mic is off. So, But all of our favorite divas have one one performance where the mic is off. Okay. So that said, Steffi, let's get into yours. I'm going to go with their performance of Stop at the Brit Awards. Fair. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, it's really funny because the first time I watched this, I thought there was something wrong with my version because it started in black and white. And I was like, what the? How come this is in black and white? But it actually purposely starts in black and white. And the girls come in and they're like kind of in the car and they're trying to channel like, you know, the 50s, 60s Motown aesthetic. And they like have coats on. And then they like get to the stage and they're like doing their little doo-wop, pop, pop, pop choreography (laughs) in front of the standing mics. And then when they get to the chorus, I believe, they like take off their coats and then the color comes in and they're doing the stuff right now and it's just so cute and then they have like the band on these like platforms and I just think whenever the Spice Girls specifically perform in the UK there's just like this energy that they have and there's this energy that you could feel in the room because like obviously the British people are very proud that the Spice Girls that's them the Spice Girls they really proudly represent the UK yeah, I mean, my lord their sure. their symbol is the british flag so yeah i just i i love that yeah. performance because it's just really upbeat and happy and that's what i picture and imagine with the spice girls you love you some stop i'm, I'm t- i do i do yeah. love stop <laughs> i love their dresses and their outfits yeah me too who's your favorite outfit um i'm gonna say victorious me too the yellow yeah with the black yeah very striking Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah, very memorable and the band yes love it and they look happy yeah (laughs) yes it's just a good time good times yeah good times mine is yes what is yours the billboard awards oh okay spice up your life yeah it's just such a 90s performance it's the best representation of what the spice girls 
were at the time because mm, it's like epic spice girls it's epic and yeah if somebody was like what were the spice girls like at the time i would show them this like just just look Her egos are in full form. They're costuming and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah. They just seem like they're having a good time. And I will say the crowd is not as hyped as I want them to be. The fucking Spice Girls. Yeah. Honestly, America sucks with <laughs> crowd participation. God dang, like if I was there, I would be like tumbling and cartwheeling and doing man. the choreo with them. <laughs> and on top of that, like you have Mel B's like big curly hair yeah and that like tv thing as the screen yeah it's just so 90s i love it i yeah. love it so much no way i want to see the receipts let's go to the next segment which is show me the receipts this is where we give the stats of the album stats queen deliver okay so the album on the uk album charts of course it debuted at number one and it shipped 1.4 million copies in two weeks it reached number one in 13 countries and it peaked within the top three in australia canada france switzerland and the united states and specifically here in america it debuted at number eight on the u.s billboard 200 and at the time critics in the u.s were already giving them shit for it because spice had done so well so journalists were like dang only number eight but then the girls were quick to be like what do you mean only number eight and they pushed back spice world only entered at number eight but each week since then it's actually increased sales only number eight it's your world victoria come on, <laughs> on baby but sales kept increasing with each week and eventually like i said spice world peaked at number three on february 14th on the billboard hot 100 and at that time their debut album spice was still relevant yeah. and it also returned to the top 10 and i believe actually the chart placement was spice was number eight if i'm correct and spice world was number three and that made the spice girls the first british band to have two albums in the top 10 of the billboard 200 at the same time since the rolling stones did it in the summer of 1975 icons living legends i know Okay, well, here we go. Singles, performances. Spice Up Your Life peaked at number one in the UK, and that became their fifth consecutive number one hit in the UK. Too Much peaked at number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, and it was their fourth and so far last top 10 single here in the US. But in the UK, it was their sixth consecutive number one single, and it was also the second Christmas number one single. So again, like I said earlier, Christmas number one's not really a thing here in the US, but over there in the UK, big deal. Yeah, that is helping the Spice Girls achieve that status of being like the only group aside from the Beatles to have three consecutive Christmas number ones. Stop. Justice for Stop. It peaked at number two in the UK. And I don't know what the hell you guys were thinking, but <laughs> oh, it deserved to go to number one. And that broke their streak of consecutive number one singles at six. But Viva Forever, supposed to be a double A side, would never give up on the good times. But then someone gave up on the good times. But <laughs> it reached number one 
in the UK. So they were able to get it back. Sales-wise, in the UK, the album is five times platinum. In the US, it's four times platinum. And they sold over 14 million copies worldwide, making them one of the world's best-selling albums by a girl group. Period. And then with awards for the 1998 American Music Awards, they won Favorite Album, Favorite New Artist, and Favorite Group in the Pop Rock category. In 1998, they won a special Brit Award for overseas success with combined sales of over 45 million albums and singles worldwide. And then in 1998, at the MTV Europe Music Awards, they won for Best Pop Act and Best Group. Well, we're here at the end. So, Steffi... What is the impact and legacy of this album and its era? My gosh. I mean, like, what can you say? I feel like we've said it all <laughs> for the past all. three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just have very vague words. I'm just like, iconic, never been done before, probably won't happen again. But like genuinely probably won't happen again because... Yeah. Their success was unprecedented before mm-hmm. and probably won't be topped because of the internet and social media yeah. where everything now is just so fragmented. Mm-hmm. Because like we said at the very beginning, the Spice Girls, they got in right before the internet really started to come into play with yeah. piracy and change things. So, I mean, the Spice Girls, my gosh, they proved why they were like the girls and I think still are the girls yeah if anyone ever tries to like say oh such and such is like they're the new spice girls it's like no 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 (laughs) they're not i i think uh, as somebody who didn't really know much about this album era and then deep diving into it as much as i could yeah it really showed me why they're on top why they were on top why they are considered the best-selling female group of all time Like, it just solidified everything that I kind of knew about them, but, like, for real, for real. And it made me appreciate them more, you know? Yeah. To understand what they were able to do. I I said this before, but I, I really implore you guys to, like, really sit and look at the album eras from Spice and Spice World. And then just understand that they were able to do that in, like, two and a half years. That was it. (laughs) The end. The way that they were able to impact pop in two and a half years is insane when you really look at it like it's just insanity you know i mean we really delved deep into a lot of the controversies that they were coming up against at this time but it was difficult to be a spice girl period i feel like because the ethos of like you know girl power and friendship never ends like those are hard things to live up to yeah when you were up against a lot i should have asked this earlier we didn't really because we said we had we had so much to cover during our um yeah spill the technicolor tea segment but going back to jerry leaving do you think jerry leaving the way she did helped sort of cement the spice girls pop culture legacy because that is kind of part of the story that is, yeah hypothetically like let's say they continued who knows? Like if they would have come out with like a third album, when would have that come out? Right. Because they do eventually come out with a third album, but it's just the four of them. But if they hypothetically came out with a third album as a five piece, who knows how that would have yeah. fared? Because now you're with Britney and Christina and right, and, right. and, you know, Destiny's Child. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think her leaving the way that she did kind of helped cement the Spice Girls story? I do. 
I I do because like we stated earlier, they couldn't do what they were doing too much longer. Yeah. They were like just marketing themselves in a crazy way. Right. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Like two years top, maybe three years. But also we had members who are pregnant. Like there was going to be something else. Yeah. And then even Mel C dealing with her issues, like something would have gave outside of Jerry. Jerry was like we said earlier, Jerry was just the first one to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Or take a break. So I definitely think it solidified their place in pop culture because it was like an abrupt end and they were at their height. Yeah. They never had a chance to really as a five piece, they never really had a chance to descend from their height. Mm, that's a really good point. I love the way you said that. We, you know, we always see them as like they were always on top. Spice Girls, we don't know anything else. They're yeah. just on top. They were the band, you know? Yeah, yeah. Had they come out with anything else, there's only one way to go is down. They didn't have that chance to like fizzle out. Right. Or like overstay their welcome. Yeah. And some would argue that's the third album, but I don't really count that because, again, it's a four It's different because yeah. it's only four. Yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't have a chance, like you said, to to descend. I would definitely agree. I think even though, like, in real time, I would imagine it was painful. Yeah. And it hurt to see one leave. But, like, that adds to, like, the lore. Yeah. Of the Spice Girls. Absolutely. Like, I can't imagine just the Spice Girls sort of like coasting for the rest of their career, you know? Like, they were like big flash in the pan. <laughs> well, let's finish the sentence. Spice Girls Spice World is the album that. Oh, okay. I said the Spice Girls Spice World is the album that showed why the Spice Girls were who they were. It showed what set them apart from the other groups. And I genuinely don't think. Any other group could have made the album that they made with Spice World. It's just so uniquely them. It's why they will forever endure. And even though they only made two albums as a five piece, I can't think of another group that is like them. Yeah. From like their look to their personas to their brand and marketing, their personalities. Yeah. I just love them so much. And I can't wait to talk about their other albums and figure out (laughs) more ways to bring them up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for me, Spice Girls Spice World is the album that solidified this group as the overall goat of girl groups. Ooh, I love that. Mic drop. Did I actually mic drop? Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh. Viva finally reached the end oh my god of this journey you guys we are at (laughs) three hours and 20 minutes this was a journey that was a journey spice girls i'm tired from just talking about it i can't imagine actually living through it (laughs) i felt like we still didn't touch everything like there's so much that we could have still talked about maybe one of these days we could do mailbag episode Mm. if anyone like points things out like i wish you talked about this i wish you talked about that we can kind of bring it up so to preview next week's episode impossible whitney and brandy in the classic 
Cinderella. For the world is full of zanies and fools who don't believe a sensible rules and won't believe what sensible people say. And because these daft and do it, I don't keep building up impossible hopes impossible. Things are happening every day. I mean, fall to roll, the Philly D. Fiddly faddly foodle. Dizzy in the noodle. Falls are all and fiddly dee, fiddly faddly foodle. All the dreamers in the world are dizzy in the noodle. You guys, on November 2nd, 1997, 25 years ago, Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella, or as we're going to refer to it as, Whitney Houston and Brandy Cinderella. <laughs> premiered on the wonderful world of disney so yeah to celebrate its uh 25th anniversary and because we love talking about the patron saint of the podcast saint nippy on the pod we are going to celebrate deep dive and discuss the movie and era for the next two weeks we're talking whitney brandy we're gonna figure out why brandy was down there From Spice Girls to Whitney. (laughs) What a time to be me. What a time. And also just to reiterate, Mariah Carey's Butterfly, Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope, Spice Girls, Spice World, and now Whitney and Brandy Cinderella all came out in the same year within weeks of each other. Crazy. Boom. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeebus. Well, if anybody wants to talk to you about the Spice Girls in much more detail than what we did today. Where can they find you? Well, you can find me at INN underscore MHO on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can also find me on In My Humble Opinion on YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at PoultrySoul3 and on YouTube at Sleepy Nerd Productions. And if you want to find this podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. Email us your thoughts, concerns. Break down your favorite parts of the podcast at divadailiespod at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate and review, subscribe. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. But until the next episode, thank you guys again. And remember divas. So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does.